That's right, fellas. We got an intro song now. There we go. <laughs> Woo! There we go. <laughs> it is about time, but we're here. You're listening to Hear the Herd on 101.5 UMFM, your audio source here for all things Bison Sports. My name is Neil Noonan, and alongside me, live in studio, we got the Manitoban sports editor and voice of men's hockey, Jason Pajak. How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Across the table. This song is a bop. Right? Oh, it's so good. It's so Set good. Set the tone right there away. Yeah. No, I've uh, I've used this song for last year's Homecoming hype video, and I had it in my mind ever since, and there's like nine different versions we can use, but uh, I was like, yeah, let's, let's get a hype intro song. Get this thing going. Uh, across this table from Jason, uh, we got the prolific staff writer from Bison Sports and the voice of Bison Football, Michael Still. How are you, sir? I'm great, man. Thanks for that intro. Makes me feel ten times better about myself right away in the morning. Hey, and you know what? All those things were true. (laughs) There you go. You indeed are the staff writer. This is accurate. His nose is not growing. (laughs) It's very accurate. Very, very true. And you know what? Let's start there because uh, one heck of a bison bowl against the Regina Rams last weekend. Fellas, I'm just going to open the floor, but a huge win, a comeback win, game-winning Field goal at the end from Matt Riley over the Regina Rams. Uh, Still, you called the game. You called the last second field goal, man. I've never seen you happier. Uh, How are you feeling about a week removed? Well, my birthday was the day after that. And happy belated, sir. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Boys, that was a great way to uh, start the birthday weekend off with a walk-off field goal from Matt Riley. 39 yards out, 27-26 victory. Bison's take it to move to 3-2 this season. Currently sitting in a tie for third place Saskatchewan and we'll get more into that in a minute because they play the Huskies tonight in a massive game but going back to the contest against Regina first of all those two teams every time Regina comes to IGF it's a fun game I don't know if you guys remember last year's battle it ended up being a one nothing mantle win after uh, Regina was called for an ineligible player after the fact but the game itself was insane they Bison, easily could have won that game oh 100% well I mean we went for two in, in overtime instead yeah. of tying it up and you know gotta love uh, Brian Doby he's a river gambler on that one and I and when we did the post-game interview with them last year, his, his rationale made sense mm-hmm. um, to me. But yeah, a crazy game where the Bisons came back from two scores down to take it to OT. This year, what a game again. Manitoba trailing late. They've got the ball in the red zone, I think around the five-yard line of Regina. Des, the Calgary kid, Descatelia, doing his thing, poised, looks to be leading a game-winning drive. And then the call. A lot of people, I was talking to Keto for some reason, agreed with the call. I, I didn't agree with it. I don't know about you, Jason. Passing at the five-yard yeah, line. I, I, I never think that passing when you're that cl- I get flashbacks to the Seattle Seahawks. Of course. Every single time that happens, I'm like, no, don't do it. Butler don't ruined the play call for yeah. all coaches across North exactly. America. Exactly. Just, just run the ball. <laughs> you can't it's do been it working. Anyway. Just run the ball. As and a Patriots fan, uh, Butler uh, is my guy. Actually, hey, absolutely. thank you very much. Although, you know, it's funny. That Super Bowl, just to divert for a quick minute here, those are my two favorite teams right there. So uh, it's a win-win situation for your boy. But yeah. for most other people, yes, the offense, offensive coordinators around the country are losing their minds. Going, Why are you throwing a slot round at the one when you got Marshawn Lynch? Same question could be had for the Manitoba Bisons with one minute left in the fourth when you have Logan Fisher, who had already powered his way into the mm-hmm. end zone with a br- aggressive uh, uh, shoulder tackle, block, whatever, on uh, Brandon Brooks from Regina. 
Ida to score in the first quarter. Yeah, speaking of beast mode that game, that was, Logan had some uh, trucks for sure. Man, did he ever drop the shoulder yeah. down. Um, so that you've got him. You've got VSP, who's already Victor St. Pierre Laviolette, who also scored in the red zone. So, you know, I wasn't really sure why uh, that call was made, and Coach Doby was a little confused by it too. Anyway, uh, Catelia throws an interception because throw, mm. we throw in second down, and he throws it. He doesn't throw it to the sideline either. He throws it right into the middle of the field at Brandon Brooks, who's the best defensive back the Rams have on their team. Former New University of Nevada player. 6'1", big guy. Gets the pick, but... Bison's defense stands strong. They First of all, Regina takes a bad penalty. Like, let's not forget how bad the penalty was they took there. They're at, I think, their own, like, 15-yard line, I believe, 15 or 2. I think they're at their 20-yard line. It was a 10-yard penalty. Takes it back to their 10. Bison's get a 2 and out. And I want to talk about the sequence that wins the game real quick because that was a very important sequence that happened at the end of the game there. First of all, very smart decision by Brian Doby to put Shea Weeks in as the lone punt returner on that kick when Regina is kicking it from their own end zone simply because, I mean, Micro Schott's your guy. You know, that's the guy who's been your... He leads the conference in all-purpose yards. He's already in the top five and buys in history and kick return yards in the season. He's having an unbelievable year. However, Shea Weeks, third-year guy, all-Canadian last year, I think a little bit smarter when it comes to needing to get on a bounds. The thing with Mike, he's a great player, but I think maybe Brian thought he might try to get more yardage and not get on a bounds. Shea fields a punt, gets a good return out of it because he's incredibly fast, one of the fastest players on the team, and gets it on a bounds, an excellent return. So that can't be understated how how critical that return was from Shea Weeks. It was very, very important. And then Dez comes out. He's not phased by the interception on the last drive, and he just calmly throws a sideline out route to Brendan Noyox. Um, also, shout out to Brendan Noyox. He's had a, a tough year. He's been struggling with injuries, but he got back into the lineup partially because of an injury to AK Gassam at slot, which moved Kai Matson from wide out to slot back. Gets Noyox in the game. Noyak's with the most important career catch so far of his Bison's career. Gets on the bounds, sets up a 39-yard Matt Riley field goal, and he'd struggled. You know, he'd been, they'd been, Regina had sent some jailbreak blitzes on punts. He's, he had had two punts blocked, another one almost blocked. It'd been a tough day. Riley had also missed a 40-yard field goal in the first quarter. In his sixth year with the program, and I actually wrote about that in my uh, weekly discussions with Dolby Peace, how Matt Riley's been waiting for his shot. You know, he's he got beat out last year by Brad Mikulov, who was an all-Canadian last year, so it was the right decision. But again, Matt, you know, nerves had been a problem for him. In the, not nerves, um, like his mental game had been a problem in the past. He'd get down on himself if he shanked a punt, shanked a kick. Cause even when I talked to him, he said he wants to be perfect for his team, you know? He's not built like a linebacker or a running back. He, he said, too, to me that he was a kicker because he knew he could specialize in. Not everyone can do what he does, so he puts it really hard on himself when he knows he's got one job, well, two jobs of punting and kicking, and if he it up, you know, it could affect the flow of the game. It got in his head in previous years. Today, fin- or excuse me, last Saturday, final play of the game, 39 yards out, right, like it was right down the middle with no time mm-hmm. on the clock. Like that, there is no question about whether that was going to go in. It was straight down the middle, and what a finish. Really happy for Matt Riley. He deserves this. Again, sixth year with the team, and he wants to go pro, and he's had a good year. He's currently tied for first in made field goals, having a good year punting two with a 41-yard average right up there at the top of the conference. So, really happy for him, really have for the team humongous victory without a doubt uh putting the bison on three and two on the year and uh again an important game tonight for sure uh but jason before we move on i mean what do you think of the game yourself i every single time matt lined up for a punt or a kick my heart stopped because yes. regina was doing <laughs> such a good job of taking away his time and space forcing him to make short kicks or like stunted kicks that it every single time it was just like okay is he gonna be able to do this is it is it gonna 
is he going to be able to get this kick off? Like that was the the main worry for me. And heading into that final field goal, that was the worry. Was is he going to have the time and space to get him to to you know first off get the snap away, get set, and get the kick? And he just ice in the veins straight through the uprights. Like we thought in the booth that the game was over. Like we we ever people were packing up and getting ready to go. Like okay, this is it. Then they line up for the field goal. And it's like okay, they're going to win this here. They're going to do this. And he did it, and it was a, just an absolutely – it was bonkers. Just like everybody in the press box, I'm, I'm assuming from the sounds we were hearing that you guys were having a lot of fun. Uh, and then just on the field, like it was, it was a great moment. And those are the types of moments and those are the types of wins that a team needs. Like a, 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 a team that's going to go and win a championship – they need the little wins like that. They need the tough wins. They need to grind out games. And they need their big guys to step up when they when it counts the most. And that's what happened on Saturday. Like Matt stepped up. He got that kick. You know, put everything else behind him and just made the play he needed to make. And that is huge for this team moving forward. Yeah, well said there, Jason. I mean, almost every game has a story itself, mm-hmm. but that one was just right there in front of you with with the punt and the punt rush. And then, I mean, the swing of emotions in the last, what, three minutes of yeah. the game and just the things that had to go right. Mike, you kind of touched on it a little bit with uh, with Weeks' return and Nyok's catch. I mean, the things that went right and for them to be able to rally around Riley at mm-hmm. the end with that. And, I mean, you add Riley's story into it, too, with being behind Mikuloff and uh, Sabrin coming in this year and everything. And he, oh, my goodness. It's like even thinking about it now, like it almost kind of wrote itself. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, having a team get that win at this time of the year as like, I mean, only four teams, right, make the playoffs. And they're going to have a huge game tonight uh, against Saskatchewan. Uh, it's going to be on Canada West TV, presented by Co-op, of course, 8 p.m. Uh, let's preview this game a little bit, uh, fellas. Both teams at 3-2. and two. Manitoba got the best of number 7-ranked Saskatchewan now uh, during their home opener. I mean, six turnovers. Uh, one of the best football games I've ever seen the Bisons play that mm-hmm. home opener. Uh, Michael, swing it to you, uh, previewing tonight's game. Obviously a big one heading into the Canada West playoffs. Yeah, I mean... I just want to touch quickly on something Jason said, which I think is important uh, regarding needing to get win games like the ones the Bisons won. Super critical. And I want to throw it back quickly to 2014 uh, when the Bisons won the Hardy Cup. It's the last time they won the conference championship. They were 4-4 four and four in the regular season. They did not have a good regular season at all, but they won a couple important games down the stretch. They showed team character with those wins, and it really propelled them to the momentum they got in the playoffs and an upset victory over Calgary in the Hardy Cup. This team reminds me of that in some senses, just because they've had some growing pains, you know? Uh, a couple of years ago... This is a similar roster to the team they had a few years ago. Des has been the guy since 2017, late 2017, and and they definitely made some mental mistakes. They're not making those same mental mistakes. Instead, they're capitalizing on them, and we've seen that. Uh, but to the matchup itself this week against Saskatchewan, you mentioned it, week one against the Huskies. The defense was a huge part of that game. They gave Des a short field quite a few times in the contest, and it was big. We ca- uh, The Bisons capitalized on those mental mistakes quickly, I will add. Um, our, two of the turnovers, one of them on a fumble recovery on a kickoff micro shot scored on the very next play i wasn't even i was trying to look at my camera from the play before off the, the, the fumble recovery and i look up and micro shots in the end zone one play they scored and then also on another short field 
one play, Macho Bakru on one of his three touchdown receptions. So Bison's took advantage of some uh, Saskatchewan mental mistakes. This is not the same team they faced in week one. Saskatchewan didn't play an exhibition game, and that screwed the Bison's a few years ago when they, uh, when they didn't play an exhibition game. You need that to sort of get your gears going and get your bearings. Saskatchewan's running attack and Manitoba's running attack is the story of this game without a question. They had the two best running games, not only in the conference, but I would argue in the nation. I would say Manitoba is, is the number one. We're averaging just under 200 yards rushing a game. Uh, when you're able to do that, it puts less pressure on Descatelier. He doesn't have to win the game himself. He can put it on his back. So we've done an excellent job this year with draw plays sort of leading the defense up and, and trying to get them to bite off of a potential pass and then giving it to uh, Victor St. Pierre Laviolette or Mike Rashad. On the other side of things, Saskatchewan's got Adam Mackard, who has over 800 yards rushing in five games. He's it's not even close right now. He's going to win the, the rushing title. He's, he's well ahead of Mike Rashad, who's in second with, I believe, close to 400 yards. So, again, it's not close. And not only Maka, you've also got Josh Iwanchina behind him. Uh, those two guys are both products of the Saskatoon Hilltops. Uh, that's the five-time defending Canadian Junior Football League national champions. They know how to run the ball hard. Saskatchewan's heart and soul, uh, excuse me, Saskatoon's heart and soul in junior football is running the ball. Very big, strong offensive lines and very, very powerful running backs and that's the exact same formula for the Saskatchewan Huskies and I think that's why Mackard had a strong year last year and he's having a strong year this year and Josh Ewan it hasn't taken him long to figure that out as well and then in the passing game Colton Clawson I mean he's a converted running back from Regina Thunder who's now playing receiver and then on the other side Logan Fisher's a former Saskatoon Hilltop so you get for Fisher I think this is one of his favorite games to play because he plays against a lot of guys he knows he's from Saskatchewan he played with a lot of those Hilltops guys so look for Logan Fisher to maybe have a solid breakout game here for the Bisons defenses is going to be big though you mentioned the seven turnovers in the first game Neil and that's going to be critical as well against Mason Nias who's been injured he suffered an injury against the Regina Rams a few weeks ago and we know how strong this Bison's defense is so that's going to be key to pay attention to if the Bison's can get pressure on Nias and force him to make some quick throws defense could be the story of this game Without a doubt. Uh, Jason, any thoughts going on into tonight? I think Mike pretty much covered all of it. The, the one thing I Classic was going to say. Classic Mike. Hey, yeah, there you go. Football. My bad boys. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's just the, the note on the turnovers. You know, you can't... You, the, the, the Bison's defense did a great job of forcing those turnovers, creating those opportunities to, to get... To, to force those misplays that created, the, created those turnovers. But when those are not going, you need to bring everything else to the table so you can still win that game. And the team has the tools to get it done. You know, you've know, you got the, the great offense that they've got. Des can throw with the best of them in, in Canada West. They've got an amazing core of running backs. Like you've, When the defense is, isn't able to create those opportunities and get those turnovers, you still need your offense to be able to drive down the field, put you in scoring positions. So... That's the one thing that I'm I'm looking for this weekend is if those opportunities don't present themselves with the turnovers again, what's this team going to do? How are they going to push back against Saskatchewan and, and really get into a running game up and down the field with the Huskies? Yeah, it's going to be, again, we've, we've said it a few times now in multiple different ways, but it's a massive game tonight. Both teams, three and two, you can catch that game tonight. 8 p.m. on Canada West TV. Mike, if I'm not mistaken, you'll be live tweeting that one from the Bison uh, football Twitter handle, MBB Bisons. MB Bisons, pardon me. Yeah, that's uh, correct. I, I will be doing that. And one, just one other quick thing, sorry. Yep. As it pertains to the standings, this game, I can't 
I can't express how important this game is. Manitoba lost Alberta already this year. So did Saskatchewan. They don't. Manitoba doesn't have another game against Alberta this year. So if Alberta wins out, second place is theirs. There's nothing the Bisons can do to catch the Alberta Golden Bears, and they are rolling right now. So this game is massive because I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Nobody wants to go to Calgary and face the Calgary Dinos in Calgary. No, nobody wants to do nope. that. Uh, I feel like Manitoba, if they are, you know. It, if the way things go the way that they do and Alberta doesn't lose another game and we you know, are in third place, ideally if we beat Saskatchewan here and get a victory over Calgary, I'd much rather go to Alberta and face the Golden Bears than go to Calgary and face the Dinos. Uh, I know in 2014 we went to Calgary and beat the Dinos, but I'd like the odds better if you're going to Alberta. So this game is huge for figuring out who moves into sole possession of third place and then maybe hopefully gets a couple breaks and maybe slide into one of those top two spots and gets a home playoff game. Yeah, that's a really good point, Mike. Uh, with how standings are shaking out here and uh, I mean you, you never want to predict what's going on but those top four teams with Calgary, Alberta Manitoba and Saskatchewan seem to be the playoff teams with Regina and UBC 1-4 and four and 0-5 and five respectively so I mean Manitoba lost a, a a really tough one in Alberta mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, right? So you know they would want to go back. And I'm a big believer in winning the wrong game. So if we get matched up with Alberta in that first round, um, I do like our odds. Switching gears now, uh, men's hockey splitting uh, their opening weekend against the Lethbridge Pronghorns, pardon me. The voice of men's hockey, Jason Pajak. I mean, it was so nice to actually listen mm. to you and Evan this weekend because I feel like I'm always in IGAC with whether it's basketball or volleyball. And I actually got to put on the headphones, watch the game, and listen to you boys call it uh, a great 2 nothing home opener, Lamb with the shutout, and then uh, a high-scoring loss on Sunday after. Pardon me, Sunday afternoon, yes, uh, four to five. Um, just overall thoughts from the weekend coming up uh, from the boys. This weekend really shows the growing pains that this team is going to have to go through. You know, we had a very, we had a, we should have had a veteran team coming in last year. Obviously, a lot of guys left for various reasons. And when I was talking to Adam Henry last week, this is what he talked about: it was that we had guys that left for a ver- variety of reasons. A lot of them leaving last minute. So. You know, Mike was scrambling to pull a team together, and then it pushed all of the rookies up into a, a, a much bigger role than they should have had. Uh, the, you know, the Jamesons, the Velosos, the Carlsons, and the Leipzig of, of the team were pushed into big roles. Jonah Wasilak was put into an even bigger role than he already had. So coming into this year, it's another young team. There's, you know, the third and fourth lines basically all rookies. Right. The third line was a rookie line centered by Dylan Thiessen coming out of Mercyhurst. They had a, a fantastic showing all weekend. They were one of the bright spots for the Bisons in that the loss on Saturday, or on Sunday. But this weekend really shows the growing pains because they came out, had a fantastic dominant game. In game one, Taz Berman really bailed out Lethbridge for most of that game. He was under siege for a lot of the game, faced a lot of shots, but did an amazing job of controlling those rebounds, taking away second chance opportunities for the Bisons, and just shutting the door, giving his team every chance to get back on the board. They just couldn't. And then coming into Sunday's game, the Bisons, great first period. It was a high scoring first period, back and forth. But again, the team needs to play 60 minutes. This is something Mike Sarant was talking about all of last year and early this year is that they need to learn to play a full 60-minute hockey game, and they just didn't. They didn't on the weekend, and they didn't come in and give, I think, Lethbridge the respect that they need in Game 2. You know, this is a team that, granted, they, they hosted the national championship, so they got the opportunity to play there, 
but they played in a national championship game. The Bisons, none of these players have played in a national championship before. The Lethbridge has that playoff experience. This isn't the Lethbridge that we know. It's a more experienced Lethbridge team. They've got a talented, an amazingly talented goaltender. It's a veteran team coming in here. And these are the types of games that are going to matter when it comes down to it. This, these are the types of games that matter when it is you know two three weeks out from playoffs and you still haven't clinched that spot because you know Alberta's is going to take first nobody's nobody's questioning that, that at this point saskatchewan definitely going to take second nobody's questioning that you know mount royal ubc and calgary are going to fight for those two home playoff spots but it, it's that last spot that matters regina's coming back better lethbridge is coming back better and the bisons are coming back better but they need to win these games. They need to win these important games against the Lethbridges, against the Reginas. You know, don't just come out and have a great job, great, great game against Alberta. Don't just come out and have a great game against Saskatchewan. You know, take this game against Lethbridge, these two games, and prove that you are better than them. Dominate these games. Come out, play hard, play for 60 minutes. And that's not what we saw. This team needs to especially in the second game of a two a two game set they need to come out with fire and consistency and really just run teams over that's the only way they're going to make the playoffs in this conference because it's a deep deep conference this year you know teams are taking steps back alberta's not as good as they were last year saskatchewan not as good as they were last year but everybody's taking a step forward everyone is is a playoff caliber team in canada west this year so the bisons need to come out every weekend and prove that they belong in the playoffs yeah well said jason uh they definitely have to take what they can get and yeah losing that second one on sunday four to five really tough uh coach taking lamb out putting brownie in for the second one uh mike you were there right in the game for your birthday (laughs) what'd you think of that second one uh where where did the bisons go wrong in that four to five loss to lethridge uh well i just want to say a couple of quick things first of all jason man you got to be a you need to be like a motivational speaker (laughs) you need to go into the men's hockey locker room and just say that to the team before every game that was tremendous (laughs) we'll we'll not and send it to mike yeah Yeah, Yeah, there you go i'm not even playing i want to get out there and get the w for the boys you know what it is like that was really good Good, man. Thank you. Um, I, just touching on Canada West, too. I, I mean, this is widely known, but the Canada West is the most competitive conference exactly. for every sport. I don't care what sport it is. Every single sport. West is best. West is best. And I will confidently put that on the line against anyone that says otherwise. Canada West is the most competitive conference. You look at the parity all the way around. So you're co- totally right, Jason, for, for hockey and for every other sport. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's no... If you lose a game here that you're supposed to win, it's going to be real hard for you to, to sneak in. And... First of all, on, on Lethbridge, before I talk about the game, Dalton Sward, man, the captain. So good. He's amazing. His, mu- yeah, the his mustache. His mustache. You can't beat his mustache, but, man, yeah. he's an amazing player. Uh, Vancouver Giants product there. And, and he really anchors that team quite a bit. And the Maxwell brothers had a really, really good weekend as well for Lethbridge. For the bi- like that second game, like you mentioned earlier, Jason, they just the team doesn't – and. And you're completely right. Mike Saran said this so much last year. He's going to say it a lot this year. That he just didn't play 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't take time off. You can't take a shift off. The game winner with the game tied uh, at four was a shorthanded goal on a on a breakaway shorthanded. That just shouldn't be happening. That goal drives me as a defender. That goal drives me crazy. You see that there are three guys in front of you. Where's the fourth guy? You need to pick up and you need to know where that. You need to know that if you're on a power play. There better be four people in front of you or you've got a problem. 
And the fact that, you know, <laughs> he was able to sneak through and get that breakaway, just it, it just grinds my gears. Like, you need to... That is something... That's a play that does not need to happen. And that's the second time in the game Brooks Maxwell had a, had yeah. a shorthanded breakaway. So there was something. I don't know if he saw something or if Manitoba was just playing a little bit too aggressively and trying to just get to the net. But Brooks Maxwell certainly took advantage. I, I, a positive from the game is that we can score. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we proved that. That was a struggle all of last season. We didn't have depth scoring at all. We saw Ryan uh, Carlson and Colton Veloso both drive to the net really effectively and show their speed, show their finesse and their skill uh, with two goals for, mm-hmm. for the Bisons that way. But the problem that Manitoba had, and, and Mike mentioned this, is we didn't play good enough five-on-five hockey. We had a couple power play goals. We had a couple five-on-threes. But five-on-five, we weren't able to move the puck. We weren't passing the puck enough. We were trying to do it a little bit too much uh, mm-hmm. with one player, and and you're just not going to win games doing playing the game that way. So we got to improve in that regard. But again, I am impressed by some of the things that I saw from the offensive finesse of some of those guys like Colton Velo so who's going to be expected to be a big-time producer offensively for us this season. And also, uh, with another another player I was impressed by, it was Lucas Scramita, who yes. moved positions. He's a defenseman moved to center. And and I thought that he played pretty well, all things considered. And he's somebody to keep an eye out for. He's some he's somebody that's very... Uh, had a good season, in my opinion, last year, and is someone to keep an eye on this year. But I think the main sort of point that I got from that game, as Jason said already, was we need to play a full 60 minutes, and uh, you, you can't take mental lapses or mental breaks. It's gonna it's gonna cost you the game, and that's what happened. Because uh, again, you know, shorthanded goal breakaway. Uh, th- not only that, a couple other mental mistakes. We took too many penalties, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, just those little things, middle mental mistakes that need to be ironed out as the season goes along. Uh, the boys going south this weekend uh, during their Canada West bye weeks. Uh, two exhibition games, one at probably the most beautiful arena in North America uh, against the UND Fighting Hawks. Have you guys ever seen Betty Ingolstadt? I mean, oh. just... Oh. Just a brick palace. Um, it's a an, beautiful, an incredible beautiful. arena. Uh, they're going down uh, playing Saturday at 7 p.m., and then they're going to be playing Omaha Mavericks uh, out in New England on Monday. So the boys will be out there. The girls, we're going to be talking about women's hockey all next week, I imagine. They're out in Lethbridge uh, this week for uh, their season openers. Uh, but before we wrap up this week's episodes, we got to talk women's soccer because... We have two rookies on this team that have been just unbelievable. Mike, you caught up with uh, Jessica Sai uh, this week on GoBisons.ca. I mean, what a tandem, her and Stephanie Young. Uh, they've had a really good start to this week, uh, sorry, this season. And right now in the standings, third in the Prairie Division at 4-3-1. And, one. and uh, two massive games this weekend, uh, this weekend, pardon me, if I don't say so myself. Playing Alberta at 1 p.m. tomorrow, and then on Sunday playing McEwen. uh, Two right in the race uh, as far as Canada West playoffs go. Uh, I'm just going to open the floor to you, Mike. Uh, Women's soccer, I mean, we we have a heck of a team this year. We do, and I'm not surprised. I mean, ever since Vanessa has come in, Vanessa Martinez-Lagunas, the team's gotten better and better every year. She is, I'm going to say this right now, she's the best female women's soccer coach that that I've seen. She's got as high a level certification as you can possibly get in the sport of soccer, and she... 
she just eats, sleeps, and breathes it. And on Jessica Sai, I mean, she, I, I talked to her. She's taken, she wants to be an actuary. I don't know if either of you guys know what that is. I didn't. It's, it's, an account, <laughs> it's basically an accountant for accountants. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fancy yeah. money numbers, yeah. all that. Calculating risk yes. and you know, for businesses and if it's a smart decision with certain rates. Um, so she's very smart. She's uh, five straight years academic honor roll. Uh, and she's shown it on the pitch, too, her quick learning ability. She, she prides herself on being a quick learner. And she's, uh, she's also a former defender, so she knows how to play offensively and defensively. Uh, and that's really shown this year with a header, her first career goal, one of the most impressive goals that Vanessa has seen, where she went top like left corner, get into the box, crashing the box, first of all, gets it with enough elevation over the goaltender to the far left side. And Sai used analytics, too, when she was talking about the goal. She had said what she had learned in practice about getting to the net uh, and sort of being able to capitalize on the position of the goalie. So she's very, a very analytic player. But this is a very well-rounded team. We can score. That's been a problem for this team in the past. Finding the back of the net hasn't been an issue this year at all. Stephanie's been excellent as well with that, being able to be a defender that can also move up in the rush. She's very aggressive. But don't forget about Nicole Davis already. Last mm-hmm. season, the fastest player on the pitch for this team, Haley Lavarius, very fast. Uh, Gabrielle Clark, uh, sort of the leader on that defense in the midfield on the defensive side as well. Um, very, very well rounded team. And yeah, I mean, last year, third place finish uh, was our best overall in the conference. Looking to improve upon it this weekend against two very, very tough teams. Specifically, uh, the first game is going to be very challenging, but looking forward to it. Jason, quick thoughts before we wrap up. Uh, this is just a prove-it weekend for the women's soccer team. Like, Are you as good as we think you are? Come in here, prove it, and take those all-important points in the standings. Without a doubt. Uh, we're wrapping up here on Hear the Herd on 101.5 UMFM. Gentlemen, thank you for joining this week. Uh, busy week. As far, we're not hosting any games here at the University of Manitoba, but lots going on. Again, women's hockey out in Lethbridge. You can catch that on Canada West TV. Also, first ever Canada West Golf Championships. We've got tons of athletes out there. Marissa Naylor, Newfeld, the McIntyre boys. Uh, definitely uh, hoping they do as well as they can this weekend. And then 129 Bison students athletes academic all canadians they're doing it in the classroom too fellas gotta love it all right uh all games on canada west tv we're out of here we'll see you next week